pop culture questions only one podcast knows. Nerds that know. Rated R. minds from around the world this is the nerds that know stash here who had no idea i was ready to start the intro because i wasn't paying attention but hello guys you have been missed and we have ourselves our wonderful cohort of nerds and this weird person over here hey uh weird person over here would you like to introduce yourself or should we go around the table first hi everyone i'm lady arcana and I am Stash's partner. All right. And who else is here to accompany us? Fox here in my Pusheen Kigurumi. <sighs> what was your new one? Uh, it's a ring-tailed lemur. I was wearing it earlier, but it's like dirty. So I put on my other Kigurumi. <laughs> That's a solid choice. Uh, Nox here. Okay. I don't there you have go. cute little toys around me. Sorry. What kind of nerd are you? I mean, literally, look at Smurf. He is just a toy. A joke <laughs> of a man. There's my Super Mario chess set. There we go. Nice. All right. There I'll, accept go. It. I'll accept it. <clears throat> I mean, and Smurf here, ready to delight you and show you a treasure trove of things that Stash couldn't even come close to afford. I don't know about that. I do. Yeah, you're probably <laughs> accurate. You're probably accurate. At this point, those are probably more valuable than my house. <laughs> That's okay. When it comes time to eat the rich, we'll start with Smurf. Oi, I'm chewy. I... You don't want to eat me. Oh, no, no, no. I, no. I disagree. You look like you would uh, You'd you'd barbecue nicely. meat right there. <clears throat> I'd put up a fight, fuckers. I ain't going down without swinging. <laughs> hey, I mean, <laughs> I he may not win. You. Huh? We'll we'll send Fox first, and they will take it. Yeah, he and just called right. you a delicious piece of man meat. Ooh, good point. I didn't call him those connected to one another. <laughs> I called you him. Did. Yes, you I did. I called him a man, and then I called him meat. <laughs> that, that stash called me sexy man meat, folks. Welcome I, to the twenty first wow, century. Now just completely changing what I said, and you know what? Yeah, I think I recall you saying that he looks like a delectable, scrumptious, oh, feast of man meat. I think oh. I heard you say that you want to eat his ass like cake. <laughs> <laughs> I very clearly, I very clearly said exactly that. Yeah, roll roll the tape back. Can we roll the tape back? Who wants Uh, seconds? Yes, yes. I'm, oh my God. Oh my God, gross. Uh, and on well, that note, on that note, note sad thing is, I'm sober, ladies and gentlemen. So welcome to the party. We'll let you get caught up as we catch you up to the events that are going around in the geek first that have caught our eye. There's lots to cover since we've been busy doing whatever and and Stash is playing with whatever. Lots of whatever. Didn't do shit. It was hit. <laughs> <laughs> It was bullshit because I was driving to get my 
tire replaced because I oh. ran over a, a screw. That's unfortunate. I feel I like you never, you never don't have to do something to your car. Like it's always something. It's always the tires. For fuck's sake, man! I've had the worst luck ever with tires on this car. I mean, Denver's pretty rough. Yeah, I it's it's only been tires with that car. I've done one oil change on it, and the tires. Well, and then with your last car too, you always had to do something. Well, yeah, my last car was old as fuck, though. My last car had a lot of problems. Uh, but that's okay. We're not here to discuss my car troubles. We're here to your discuss tragic your tragic life. Stuff. Yes, <laughs> my tragic and awful life. Um, what do we want to talk about first? Let's go with Malignant. Because why not start the show off with a travesty of a film? Why not start the show off not with a bang, but with a whimper? Exactly. See, you're on it, Fox. You're nailing it. I will not completely dismiss the premise of the movie. It's oddly intriguing to have a parasitic twin that takes over your body. Yeah, that I is an intriguing idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the premise the movie, is great. The movie made no fucking sense for None. the first like third, and then by the second third, you were like, "Oh, I get, I know what's happening here." And then you have to sit through two thirds more of the movie. Yeah, the, the second act, it really could have ended it on because the third <laughs> act is worthless. The film is just a hot garbage fire. Well, the, the third act, the only problem is that the third act finally tells you what's happening. Yeah. I saw it coming. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it, I know, was, I, I, it became yeah. fairly obvious, but they finally told you what was happening in the third act, which is weird because they should tell you what's happening well before that well before that yeah. at least at least going into the second act you should have some idea of the premise and what's going on in the story but it, it well, whoever was telling this story was definitely smoking crack uh, i can't oh I, there we go what i don't bad. understand is how this parasitic part of a brain suddenly turns her into john wick because that's basically what happened like you went from this nervous scared girl who doesn't know what's going on to the most badass mercenary ever taking out loads of cops and everyone they come across just destroying them and dismantling them with ease he spent his whole life meditating that's the real secret and that's how you learn kung fu apparently Oh, oh, that's what that it is. Makes that, that you know what? If they would have filled that in the story, I would have bought it actually. <laughs> Took the that's red just straight pill. out the dome. I could have written a better movie. <laughs> True story. It, so I will say, it... I will say that if you like cheesy horror movie schlock, in oh, the God. last third of the movie, that's where you're gonna get it. That's where you get the fight scenes. And uh, I had a friend comment that it's like, uh, what's the fucking guy's name who directed it, who also did uh, Insidious, whatever, the fucking director. He's like, that guy just started with the premise, backwards man kills lots of cops, and then made a movie around it. That is kind of his, because it's, it's James Wan, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of his milieu, that he starts with a really weird idea and then just builds a odd story around it 
That's uh, not no. a good way to do it. No, that's it's a horrible <laughs> way to do it. I mean, you can do, you can write stuff like that, but it sounds like he did not succeed in this particular attempt. It's yeah, so- and like with horror movies, a large part of why you get so invested, because I don't really like horror movies. I like... I'm very susceptible to the ratcheting up of tension and I can't handle it a lot of times. I did not think this movie was scary in any way because there's literally no character development. None of the characters have any traits whatsoever. They have no personality. And so you can't, you don't care what happens. The brain tumor has a personality apparently. Kind of. No. No, that is the most cardboard of personalities ever. It's Bobby Paper had more personality than that fucking guy. All right? <laughs> no. There was one thing that I liked about the movie. Okay. And that was their use of the set, like the setting of um, the underground tunnels in Seattle, Portland. One of them. I think Portland. I think it was yeah. supposed to be Portland, yeah. That was cool, and I liked the set designs for those parts. And uh, when they're like doing the little chase scene down there, but it's like mm, five minutes of movie. I liked the first ten minutes of the movie, and then I liked the reveal. I just wish it would have happened earlier and made more sense. So the as premise a- isn't or- bad. The premise isn't bad. You know, it's this weird parasitic twin that exists in your head. Then your psycho boyfriend, husband, whatever, smacks your head against the wall and it somehow causes the parasite to revitalize itself. Well, no, because he was doing, he was revitalized before that because he was eating all of her unborn children. Yeah, forgot about that part. Sorry. Getting those sweet, sweet stem cells. Forgot cannibalizing the infant children from the pregnant lady. Yeah. It's it's the worst conjoined twin story you have ever heard of. Ever. I'm not gonna lie, guys. You've like pretty much sold me on this movie. Oh, no. it's yeah, because you watch. like garbage. For how crap it is. It's a watch. How dare you? Don't you dare bring up Shark of the Corn to me. That movie is a classic. Actually, you know it probably could be the malignant shark tumor. That's how bad this fucking thing is. I'm hundred percent sold, guys. Love you. Well, Love Alangelo was better. And I feel... oh, that, that movie was pretty good, though. And then I never actually saw it, but I heard they were going to do a Lava Lanchula versus Sharknado, and it, I'm holding out hope for that one. It's possible. I mean, it's going to be um, great. Getting back to Malignant real quick, um, mm-hmm. I did like from very early on in the movie. I got this impression that it was trying to be very feminist, um, but just made the main character a vessel for trauma, uh, which was pretty fucked up. But then in the end, like the very end of the movie, I actually feel like they pulled the feminist message off. Oh, with the oh. Love for the sister overriding the crazy well yeah and she's just like you can't tell me what to do i'm in charge now everything that you have done i have the same power and so that's how i'm going to defeat you and then like telling her sister like you're my family um so i i I was really surprised by the they actually kind of brought it brought it together at the end like the last five minutes 
I actually would agree mm. with that. Like they they seem to take a weird route to it, but you're not wrong. They did they ended in a way that you're kind of like, oh well, that was kind of strong at the end. All right. <laughs> well, when I watch this movie tomorrow, <laughs> I will let you guys know what I think because I'm I'm so you're gonna guys. love it to be honest. Yeah, there I were probably some... will. That is there such a fun... stupid concept. It sounds amazing. Yeah, there are some fun action scenes as well. Yeah, um, the fight scenes are pretty cool, actually. I will yeah, the that. effects are surprisingly not good. No, but the really? idea... I thought it was a decent budget cool. film. Doesn't well, look like it. They put it on the, on the crew. <laughs> oh, this, is the, this is his in-between movie that he was basically allowed to make before he does Aquaman 2. Right. Yep. Hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah. This was his. Oh, sure. I'll make Aquaman too. Let me waste a hundred million dollars on something real quick. This was his art Holy project. Shit. Yeah. It's not an art project if it's a hundred million dollars, though. It is to James Wan. They're spending yeah, five hundred million on on Aquaman. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, this is his art project. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of travesty and horror let's bring up smurfs horcon yes that was not a travesty <laughs> that was a success you jackass that's that is true you threw a very nice and well done con <laughs> even you. if the calendar deserved to be lit on fire and then thrown in a dumpster and then the dumpster deserved to be shot into space okay to be fair that person no longer has a position within the organization that person is gone <laughs> So I, we have I do appreciate that, you know, the calendar is on its way to space where it belongs. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully next year is much better. But no, it was actually a wonderful con. Uh, the reason we have our guests here today is because my partner and I both went along with Smurf and we had a hell of a time there. It was quite enjoyable. We met some really cool people. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> There's an inside story there that we cannot divulge. <laughs> that is very true. Um, we checked out, you know, a couple of panels. Uh, the art room was really cool. It was a nice, cozy, intimate convention. Mm-hmm. And it's, it was a little smaller than I want it to be. But like at the same time, it was, it was a nice change. Is nice from like these really big cons that we've been hitting up so frequently. Ooh. All in all, it was it went very well. Uh, the response that we got from the fans was like you, mostly positive. A lot of there were a couple of like misses, um, like mics for the the uh, the trivia contest. Uh, there were a couple of other like weird hiccups that a first year con has, but all in all. Um, it was it was a success. We we will be back next year. Uh, we already have our dates picked. We already have guests awesome. in the pipe. And um, same venue. See, what's that? Same venue. Most likely the same venue. Given um, so the hotel was close to sold out. We broke records for the hotel as far as um, food. <laughs> Evidently, some horror fans are some hungry motherfuckers because that restaurant was working overtime to feed people. Oh, yeah. I have no doubt. 
and we already know that horror fans like to drink. We sold out of the beer that we had um, worked with Outworld Brewing to create and to craft. So that that went way better than expected. So we will probably be back there next year. Um, year three, we have another plan, but for next year, we will be at the same location. Hopefully we sell out the hotel. That's that's the next big goal. But given like COVID and, and coming out of that and uh, just the status, because we had Texas Frightmare to compete with, which normally we don't. Texas Frightmare mm-hmm. usually happens the first uh, weekend in May. So that kind of threw a monkey wrench in a couple of things. And there was a horror con in Cincinnati as well. So that took away from some of the guests, but uh, doesn't look like we will have that problem next year. And like I said, we've already got three guests in the pipe ready for next year. So uh, yeah, we're, we we were, we were pleased and you guys got to see the media room, not in like full Mm -hmm. swing, but it was busy when you guys walked in because we had interviews and everything else going on. Yeah. We didn't want to crash your media room. I do hope uh, next year your panel rooms are a little bit bigger as possible. That that's on on the books. We're we're trying to figure that out because main events was down by the restaurant area and that worked out mm-hmm. really well. So we're trying yeah. to rework some of that and the viewing rooms because there was a couple that were standing room only. Like uh, yeah, Jimmy we were Brown. yeah we were at one that was standing room only. Yeah, I mean the the viewing was a lot. A lot more well received than we thought it was going to be. Like uh, Terror Tales um, with Jimmy Lee Combs, he had a director's edition that he released at the con that was spectacular. It was better than the original. So oh, that was standing awesome. room only. Yeah, and Jimmy deserves it. Jimmy's a great guy. Uh, love working with him. So uh, yeah, and then we had a new children's book released at the con. It was it was its debut for the book and. That and they the sold out on that too. So it was it was very cool. There's a lot of pluses that came out of this. Lots. Yeah. Um Lady Arcana, did you have anything you wanted to say about the con? I really enjoyed it. Um it was my first like horror con. I've never actually been to one. And so it was nice that it was like smaller so it didn't overwhelm me. Um, but I enjoyed the artist alley. Like they had some really cool stuff in there. I got a really amazing print. Um, the panel that we got to sit down on was absolutely wonderful. And I'm really glad we were able to do that. And of course, the highlight was that amazing movie, Corn of the Shark or Shark of the Corn. There you go. There we Come go. On. It's been a day. It has been a day. <laughs> I have to say, Smurf, that was a quality sponsored film right there 10 out of 10 do enjoy yeah i mean let's be fair a little longer than absolutely necessary it was so long it was like every bit of two hours and it probably unnecessary they could have told that that story in under an hour no it would have taken i think a solid hour and 10 minutes would have been about right for that movie so bad it was great. I don't know what you're talking about. There was a serial killer who ran around killing people with bleached or uh, whatever you call it when you take all the flesh off of a carcass. You mean just Sandy? the shark jaw? Yes, the shark jaw. Yeah, that he surprisingly just... never got blood on it when he killed somebody. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. 
That, it absorbed it. It drank it. It was thirsty. <laughs> That's okay. what sharks do. They drink the blood of their victims. <laughs> wow. I mean, there was, uh, speaking of which, there was actually a class on how to make fake blood, a panel for that. Oh, was there? I, I, oh, yeah. And it was uh, Kevin Ward, who's been on the podcast before, uh, who we've interviewed. He was the one that hosted it. He was on Face Off. He's a really cool guy. He's local and he did a class on how to make blood. And it was, I I've heard that room is never coming back to normal. I really, I, 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 Oh, that's great. Oh my God. The story I heard. I'm like, really? No way. Like, yep. Okay. Sorry. Well, did he have some ultimate reveal on the true item? The true way to make fake blood. Mm-hmm. It did. And, and it did. to hear that, I'm sure we'll have to hear an interview with you. Uh, no, you have to come back for his panel next year. Well, there you go. See, I knew you were cross-selling me somehow. I just wasn't sure how you were getting there. No, um, we had other <laughs> podcasters interview Kevin. Since he's been on the podcast before, I figured I would let other podcasters, uh, media outlets interview him. So... Uh, not to to hog all of the celebrities to myself. I figured that was only fair. Uh, his girlfriend. Oh, look at you. I know his girlfriend won the cosplay contest though as Glenda the Zombie Witch, which oh. was which was so cool. <laughs> we were trying to figure that out for so long. You yep. were. I was. I was like, I'm pretty sure she's Glenda, a yep. dead Glenda, Glenda the Zombie Witch. Yep. I don't even remember what I thought it was, what I thought she was, but... Um, Carrie. You thought she was Carrie. I thought she was a really fucking disastrous Carrie, and I was like, this is not good. But then I saw all the prosthetics she had on her face, and I was like, she's got to be something beyond Carrie. Yep. Because Carrie is just... Well, yeah, she's just in blood and normal face. But, yeah, all the prosthetics and everything were applied by Kevin. She was sitting at her table while he did the makeup. And I think she was part of the um, blood panel. So as far as I know, she was in there. So that it all works together to can build Glenda the Zombie Witch, who took first place. Wow. That's awesome. super cool. I wasn't sure if maybe uh, our spoopy ghost... Red was uh... <laughs> actually to be fair. So uh, there I was love a... that costume so much, though. It's a great costume. Red's Red's gotten away with so much shit in that costume because nobody knows it's her. So she first mm-hmm. debuted it at Denver Comic Con a few years ago with the Colorado Ghostbusters. So she's wandering yep. around, and none of the Ghostbusters but me know it's her. So <laughs> you have the Ghostbusters running around trying to catch someone in a white sheet that looks like a ghost and she's just playing along just hamming it up and the guys have no idea until later it's like <laughs> oh hey that's red so she won honorable she won the judge's choice it wasn't me i had nothing to do with it because we had mm-hmm. an extra prize no mm-hmm. so here's the story we're judging the contest and we're supposed to give the best coffin joe cosplay uh prize but nobody showed up as coffin joe which is colorado festival of horrors mascot so i put it to jesse and laura we should do a judge's choice what do you think is the best costume or had the best impact on you 
And Jesse was like, the ghost won my heart because the ghost got up there and never broke character was just totally this, this sweet, innocent ghost. You had no idea Mm -hmm. who was under there. It was personality coming through the sheet. It was totally playing to the audience. No idea any of it. It's androgynous. You don't, you don't know. You literally do not know what's under the sheet Mm -hmm. and totally sold it. And Jesse and Laura like the ghost won our heart. We should we should give it to the ghost. Okay, I'm not gonna fight. I agree. <laughs> and that that is how Red won the judge's choice. So awesome. I'm happy to hear that because cool. Red always makes me laugh. Red, Red is very very funny. And the ghost costume, which you can go on the Colorado Festival of Horrors Facebook page and see, because it is. It is classic. Oh my God. The time that is put into that costume, nobody has any idea, but it is, it is well worth the watch because it is fucking hilarious. There will be a uh, video coming out soon. Um, uh, Greatest hits from yours truly and a Colorado Festival of Horror intro video also done by yours truly and 5280 Geek. So you'll see, you'll see that up. Uh, One of them will be up tonight, actually. Oh, awesome. Well, congratulations again on the success of your convention, and I look forward to being there next year. You guys will be there, and I, I it's not only me, the whole team, everybody chipped in. It was yeah, congratulations people. to everyone. Yeah, convention people doing it for convention people, so it was fun. It mm-hmm. was tiring, but goddamn, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> and that's the same thing as every other con. Yeah, pretty much. All right. Well, now for com- for something completely different. How is Lucifer there, Smurf? Holy balls. Holy balls. So ah, I understand that fun and I appreciate it. <laughs> I have to say, I wasn't sure how this, how you're going to end a show like this and still pay tribute to the comic, to the fans to everybody who has supported and saved this show. Fox sacked it. Fox was done with it. And then to have Netflix come in at the midnight hour, scoop them up and give them two more seasons and let them go out on, on, on their terms. Absolutely spectacular. And I'm, I'm sad to see the show go. Holy balls. Holy balls. Do you think we'll get a resurgence of any sort? No, they, they ended it in a way that you really can't. Yeah, it's a beautifully bittersweet ending to the story, and they really kind of go off as good as you possibly can, given that the main character is Lucifer. Yeah, mm-hmm. for, for who you're dealing with, there is closure. They they tie up a lot of loose ends, stuff that's kind of dragged on for a couple seasons, especially the cliffhanger from last season. Uh, it is it is well designed. And it kind of started slow because I was just like, eh, this t- the first episode was just dragging. I'm like, good God. Yeah. But it, it quickly picks up and it goes, it goes the distance and it's worth, it gives, it gives you the satisfaction of a lot of shows not that haven't done it well in the past. They, they really mm-hmm. go out on, I know they really do. That's awesome. It's good to hear because I was super into that show for quite some time. And then they had that like 
slump where they didn't acknowledge the big reveal for a while and yeah. I fell off after that point because I was like this is just bad this is like not something I enjoy um but I was loving the series up until that point and I'm glad it succeeded in you know a solid and good resolution because it deserved it because the character acting in that show phenomenal yes tom yeah wow yeah tom ellis huge respect for as a musician as an actor as just an overall person dude top top 10 easy that guy is fucking gold you can kind of tell they let him just play with the environment Yes, final mm-hmm. season. Like, do whatever you want to do. Let's make this an inter- interesting story. And he does some really, really cool side pieces during the story. The story, and it tells a complete story. The final season, actually, from I'd say the end of episode one through the final episode, tells a complete story. So, I like, mean, Stash, you could literally go back and visit the final season. It would, mm-hmm. it would catch you up. It would redeem the show. And yeah. it would give you closure. All right. I'll uh, definitely look into it because I did enjoy that world. It's like, no, and the premise great. was very good. Well, so it ends in a way that makes sense too, which is not easy all the time. <laughs> it does yeah. make sense. They like yeah. the way that they end it, it makes sense, especially if you know the characters. You're like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that, that is how that would play out. Show? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Awesome. But they've got a different person. Yeah, because they've got a different person coming in to play Lucifer for Sandman. Yeah, which is a completely different cast because it's a different Constantine, too, isn't it? Yep, different Constantine. Because Sandman is what gave birth to Lucifer. And then Lucifer came out of that series to start his own comic. So it's it's interesting. I'm curious to see how they integrate this. In, if they do it all into the same universe, but technically Lucifer is out of the Sandman universe. I'm assuming that the Sandman series that they're going to be doing is not going to have any shared universe stuff between I, DC and Fox's things. I would, I wouldn't think so, but I've, you know what, crazier shits happen, dude. I guess that's, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and there's there will be fans, so I'm sure there will be some teasers in there, regardless. Oh yeah, I would. Well, I don't know if we'll do like full crossover. It's being run by Neil Gaiman this time around, mm-hmm. so he might just because because he is a fan yeah. of the genre and he is a fan of the st- the type of storytelling. So, mm-hmm. and he did voice over like one of the episodes and yep. was very. He was very involved with Lucifer, the show. So I wouldn't be surprised if there isn't some kind of nod or acknowledgement or some kind of throw to it. So something to keep an eye out for. I definitely will. I'm still waiting for that goddamn series, man. It's coming. It should be pretty soon, actually. It's not far off. Yeah, it was supposed to be soon. Like, then COVID happened. And yeah. In the back, back in the long, long ago, the before times. Speaking of before times, let's talk about Teen Titans, guys. 
because I love the shit out of that animated series, but please sell me on HBO's version. This takes it in a completely different mentality. Like Teen Titans was a great show. Titans is the show that happens when you take Teen Titans and loop in a little bit more crazy. A lot more crazy. A lot more crazy. Like it, they do not. What do you mean by crazy? They don't care about their heroes at all. That's actually super nice. They do not give a damn about the heroes. They everyone gets jacked up. <laughs> everyone, everyone can be killed at any time. They don't care. <laughs> they take brutalizing the character to an all new level, especially with season three. There were things that happened that I was just like, wait, what? There were lines that were crossed. And I am like, holy balls yes i know i'm gonna keep using that because it just works because it was just it was just unnecessarily brutal it was so unnecessarily brutal but like (laughs) god damn that was good to watch and they fully like when when they first came out with the fuck uh fuck batman thing yes that was great it has a big payoff in season three yeah fuck batman he's a dick (laughs) i mean agreed let's be honest well, in general, and, his character. Yes, and they got um, the one guy that was in love with Khaleesi uh, playing Batman. I can't think of his name at the moment. Um, it's not the Onion Knight. It's, uh, damn it. The, the, the grayscale or whatever. Yeah, he had the grayscale and he, he, he came back and he was he's playing Batman, which is great. It's the perfect role for Batman. No, and he's, he's such a piece of shit. He's such a piece of shit. Oh my god. It is and when they go fuck Batman, it is literally like, yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. And that they guy's even an like take Batman to a darker place than I ever thought possible. Oh, they took him wow. right where I always wanted Batman to go, to be honest. Yep. He snaps. <laughs> he absolutely snaps. Oh yeah. It's good. It's good though. It's 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 dangerous for the heroes in this universe. Like, you know, in, in every other story with the Berlanti and with most of the movies and stuff, good guys come out ahead at the end. No, Always. Not, not in this story. Not in this story. Some good guys, if they try to come out ahead, are fucked even harder. Like, it's, it's surprising how much they want to screw with the heroes in this story. That's actually... That's a good dynamic for something that they're changing from a kid show that got even more kidified, I guess. Oh, yeah. When they did the Teen Titans Go, and I got so upset. Yeah. This redeems Um, that for sure, I will say. Good. And it's awesome. The main bad guy, I mean, it's kind of, it's Scarecrow is the main villain. That's an awesome, that's an awesome villain. And he, uh, main big bad, yeah. And, and it's weird because they take an interesting step with Scarecrow. Most of the time, when we see Scarecrow, it's how crazy is this guy? Mm-hmm. And they really push that narrative of this guy's just crazy. He's out of his mind. He's like, this series says, oh, he is crazy, but he is way smarter than everybody else. He's diabolical. He yeah. is he's really diabolical in how he sets up season three. 
Yeah, he is emotionally manipulative and incredibly smart. Yep, and he's been playing everybody. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. And you get the Red Hood, who's already, like, extremely unstable and out of Mm -hmm. his head, out of control, and just... Crank uh, it up. Yeah. Yeah, they really, they really do a good job. Which is yeah, great it, because they set the precedent for Doom Patrol, which season three starts this week. Yep, um, they introduced Doom Patrol, and I'm glad that they did the choice early on because Chief, the guy that's in charge of Doom Patrol in Teen Titans, is changed from the guy that's playing him to Timothy Dalton, who takes over the series uh, going forward, which I think is actually a much better choice given the actors and how everyone um, moves forward with it. So to see them actually improve upon the series and the show out of Titans was kind of cool. I'm very excited to see season three. Same here. But Doom, Doom Patrol has always been one of those weird outside yeah. the box kind of superhero sure. teams anyway. Yeah, it's always mm-hmm. been obtuse. It's very obtuse. And they and they really go with it though. Like that's what I appreciate about the series. They kind of say, "Yeah, it's weird." Just yeah, they embrace with it. it. It's weird. and they don't they don't bother. What I really love about it is they don't bother to explain it. Here it is. They yeah, it's it's weird. Take it, take it or leave it. We don't give a shit. You get and a, I think you get they actually won. Yeah, they won an Emmy, didn't they? They won an award. I believe so. Yeah, so they're doing something right. They're not they're not brightening it up. They're not Doctor Whoing it and leading you by the nose and trying to explain or force shit down your goddamn throat. No, they're letting you use your brain. And Basically, I love the it. first episode of the series is the only explanation you get of anything. Yep. Pretty much. Okay. And, it, and they, kind of, they kind of tell you, it's like, these people are weird for a reason. Here's some of those reasons. Watch the show. Yep. Mm-hmm. Do you recommend watching Teen Titans? before or nope. they're they're dependent of each other they're uh, not dependent on each other at all okay i just wasn't sure if it would heighten me no there's literally anyway. one scene that kind of connects them together but it's not hugely important honestly no it doesn't play any critical role yeah. it's just an introduction to the characters you get a little background you actually get a little bit more background on them uh, as far as you know, why they're there, what's the story, how much screwed up in the head Chief is. Um, but even that's, then, it's yeah. not super necessary. It's not. Yeah, it's not crucial. Okay. Cool. Well, that's I look forward about to Titans just because Titans is cool. Titans is yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm excited to see. I hated their casting of Raven, like when they first showed her. Oh. So I, that's why I never sat down and watched the series. But if you well, recommend it this highly, I look forward to taking a look at it. I'm she, not, I'm like you that I kind of wondered at first, but they do such a good job of telling her story and letting her have agency throughout the entire, her entire story that you're like, oh, that was worth it. Okay good job she, yeah she represents well she sells the character well yeah they're, they're, they're at no point do you wish someone else was doing it how it all plays together really really works awesome and i'm well, not even a raven fan i hate that character 
what the hell is wrong with you? I don't hate Speaking. Raven, but she's not my favorite. I like Starfire more. Starfire is way better, and they she's second. I mean, let's be fair. Beast Boy is always the most interesting. No, and Beast Boy is boring. Beast Boy is actually the most boring of the Titans. No, you're wrong. That's Raven. Or not Raven. Uh, in, this, in this series, yeah, Beast Boy is the... He has his he has his role and he does it well, but he is the least interesting character. Yep, and, and maybe includes... we'll see more. I don't know. Wow. Maybe he'll evolve, but he is the dullest character out of out of the ensemble at this point. Yeah. Yep. Like even God. Superboy is more interesting. Yes, Superboy is hilarious. Wow. Yeah, he's he's funny though. Yes. <laughs> Unintentionally wow. funny, but very funny. Wow, that hurts. That hurts me a lot, guys. Thanks for that. Speaking of things that hurt, Batwoman season three. Okay, so <laughs> Smurf absolutely hates Batwoman at this point. Um, I'm not far off of that either. They did an unfortunate job with season two with a lot of unnecessary callbacks a lot of unnecessary retreads there was some things that came out of it that make it okay like the new you know luke fox is pretty has a pretty important story that looks like it might play out kind of cool um but i'm giving season three a chance for one reason and one reason only and that is they seemingly have gotten rid of kate kane finally they were dealing with that issue of uh, uh, what's her name? Ruby, Ruby Rose. Yeah, Ruby Rose. She dropped off after the first season, so um, they had to do something with Batwoman at that point. And then they introduced a character that could be interesting as Batwoman to replace her, but then they kept going back to the Kate Kane stuff over and over and over again, and that just dragged the whole story down for season two. And, yep. wow. Dead, let her die. Okay. She's dead. Fucking call it. It was. It, yeah, it was oh. like recasting or they redoing recast. a main character. They, they eventually did recast uh, Kate Kane. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, but then they kind of. Why wouldn't they just yeah sunset this for a while? I don't like, know. Are they really getting the kind of viewership to justify this kind of effort? They're. No. They're not. I think the least viewed of the Berlanti series. Mm-hmm. I think. Yep. It sunk like a stone from the first, first season. Episode. First season was huge. It was, it was huge first season, but the second season was massive drop off. Yep. First episode air and it sunk like a stone thereafter. It, there was yeah. <laughs> no redeeming, nothing redeeming to this, this story whatsoever. Oh, it was an abuse of fans. Fans should rise up and tell them to burn this goddamn thing to the ground because it, it was an atrocity. It sucked. It was horrible writing. It Fuck was not good writing. Himself. I think if they would have wow. just killed KK, I understand why they didn't want to because the, the showrunner even admitted to why they didn't just kill Kate Kane and that was she didn't want to bury the queer as it were. She That's even what she said. And that is understandable. Yeah. The problem is that you're not bearing the queer because she's gay. You, you're killing off a character. Yeah. And that character needed to die because the actress wasn't returning. 
mm-hmm. or start from the beginning and do a recast one way or the other but because they didn't this back and forth one foot in one foot out that's what killed it yes well part of one of the things that was the biggest thing yes emotions in hallways and stairwells and bedrooms and emotions everywhere spilling out at the bar it's just dribble it's nonsense there's there's nothing redeeming about this fucking show and i can understand having a voice in the community and i understand what it stands for but even if i was on this show i would be pissed lgbtq people should be pissed because it's a misrepresentation for it's horrible (laughs) i was gonna ask you fox how you felt about this considering i know you don't necessarily view the source material but you are a resident queer uh um (laughs) i don't have a ton of context on this but i will say that the barrier gaze trope like characters aren't obviously being killed because they're gay Mm. but it's like it's a trope for a reason Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. um and it can be narratively justified um but it's still that trope does it does that make sense Mm -hmm. um yeah other than that i nothing to say here as the token queer (laughs) oh my god i did not say (laughs) which in this situation it Uh, there is they're not killing the character because she's gay because the person that replaces her is gay also like th- which, that's, which there's it's oh so convenient yeah. oh we'll replace her with another gay character yeah there's no motivation what? because of the of the character's sexuality at all it is because the actress left the show they need to write her off of the show somehow and they did it in the most inconvenient manner possible for everyone watching yep and if they would have just killed her and then brought in the new Batwoman. I think if they would have stuck with that, with, oh, it's it's just a new Batwoman. She found the costume, she figured out the Batcave, new Batwoman. Mm-hmm. Then it would have been way better if they just focused on that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Stuck to their guns. But Interesting. Oh, well. That is coming back, but also on a much better note, uh, Legends of Tomorrow Season mm-hmm. 7 is also coming. So, much better show, much better storytelling, and they lose characters constantly. So, there's only one original castmate left at the end of this season. So, to lose Heatwave, who was a founding member of the 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 team, so it's it's kind of sad, but it happens. And they did it in a good way. Like him leaving, him leaving was told in a well in a well-intentioned and executed storyline mm-hmm. i think like it makes That's sense when nice. he finally steps off of uh off the aircraft and goes on his own finally yep so yeah i um i really have issues getting into that series because i tried watching the first season and i just i couldn't do it Oh, it totally a, changed after that. After uh, that's, the first that's season, what I heard, it wasn't but... even that. Yeah, they, they, this story legitimately for the last 
four years, I would say, has changed dramatically each season. Mm-hmm. They're telling a completely separate story. They loop some stuff back in every once in a while, and they you know bring in some of the prior story to tell the bigger story, but it legitimately changes every season. They're telling a completely different story with completely different intentions, and for the most part, completely different characters. Okay. So if I mean, you don't like season one, I actually understand that because honestly, that was the hardest one for me to get all the way through, also. Mm-hmm. But they're they do a good job of telling kind of the weirder side of the DC universe pretty well. I um yeah, I want to say I got through like half of the first season and I was just like, I, I can't with this. Like it was just too tropey. Understandable, yeah. So I set it to the side and didn't look back. But I've I've heard a lot of people really love the direction it's going now. One of my good friends, he swears by this series. He watches it with his family. And wow. they all sit around and just watch the new episode whenever new episodes drop. It's very interesting, but he was explaining it a bit to me and I was like, this doesn't sound like what I was experiencing. It, it is. So. They're very different. Like it, This is one of the few shows where as it went on longer, it actually got better. Yeah. That is very rare. Yeah. Like even the, this last season was, it was a slightly shortened season, obviously, but it was a really, really cool story from beginning to end. I, I did. And con. Constantine's an ending made me cry. Oh. I was like, oh, poor Constantine. Oh yeah. But it's got it's done well and it makes sense. Yep. Everyone they write off of the store right off of the show, it makes sense that that person's moving on. So. That's yeah, that is the most impressive part because there are not a lot of series that do that very successfully. Most of the time when they um, most of the time when they do that, it's done like Batwoman. Yeah. And it is always the worst thing. It is very rare for them to successfully write off a character. Well, uh speaking of writing off and murdering characters, let's talk about what if. Because oh. we met, we have two episodes to talk about, and the fucking zombie one, guys. My guys, man, zombie Ant Man was the fucking business. That was so sick. Yeah, that was like- wild, honestly. Yeah, and then when Wasp went giant. And they, I'm in like, like a buffet. I'm like, what are you doing? This is such a bad idea. <laughs> uh, it was... I loved the zombie. Oh. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it was a shocking change of direction from what I was expecting. And the fact that, like, they just, they kept the fucking deaths going the entire time. I was like, oh my, oh my god. Well, and then it's so dark, like the the end result of the turn, 
before they fly off. Like Vision, Jesus, like what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that is, is crazy. perfect that he's feeding to Chala to yeah. fucking piece by piece. Scarlet Witch. I was <laughs> oh my god. I was like, it's oh. Walking Dead all over again. This is great. <laughs> it's like the best part of The Walking Dead, which is the crazy ass deaths that just pop out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Well, and we don't know if Hulk died. I don't think Hulk died. I think he, he got out of there. Well, they showed he couldn't be bit. So that is a big thing. Him yeah. not being able to be bit is huge. Yeah, but they also have, like, they maintain their abilities. The heroes maintain their abilities, and he has Mm -hmm. to confront a shit ton of zombie heroes. Oh, there, yeah, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of zombie heroes. (laughs) And then the the head in the jar that is Ant-Man. Head in the jar, oh my god, that (laughs) was just, Futurama on crack with a floating it was, cape. It oh was my such God. an obvious tribute. It was such oh, an yeah. obvious throwback to... But it was beautiful. <laughs> it was. I saw it and I was like, I... I Alright, they went here. They went here. I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, that was a... It, uh, I mean, I think... The... Go ahead. I was just saying it was a very fun episode for them going kind of wild with the storytelling. Yeah. I don't think there was a death that I was really upset about, really. I mean, I watched them all go. I was just like, yeah, maybe Happy. Happy was probably the only one that I was like, oh, boy. Like a guy from Ant-Man was just, I was waiting for him to get his ticket punched. Oh, yeah. But he was such so good in the show. I was like, oh. Can't you keep him around just a little bit longer? <laughs> well, and surprisingly, we got the first MCU mention and acknowledgement of Ben Parker. Yes. That is the first time they've acknowledged that this Peter Parker, in fact, does have an Uncle Ben and he is dead, apparently. Yep. We have no idea why, but that's okay. That's all right. Yeah. We know his story. We don't need to know it. We don't need to again. That's true. We, we really don't need don't. to hear anymore. It was interesting being sandwiched between that the newest episode. Not the one oh. that's dropping tomorrow, but the uh, no. Tony Stark one. The one with the most horrible actor on the planet. And I'm not talking Tom Cruise, but Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, that was just lame. That was so disappointing. To come out and follow Marvel zombies was... uh, Yeah, I'm kind of surprised they didn't end the season with Marvel zombies because I don't know if you're going to peak beyond that. And to follow it with an episode like they did, I feel like it was a disservice to what the series has been building towards. Well, I think the series is building for like a... Secret Wars style showdown where they're pulling everybody from the multiverse to stop a bigger threat. Zombie Thanos with an infinity gauntlet seems like a pretty big threat, but I think there's something else that's coming that the Watcher pulls all of the reality people together. 
as mm-hmm. it's a hunch, really. But it just kind of seems the way they're playing, especially if you're listening to Watcher's dialogue. Well, it seems like yeah. this one should have happened earlier in the season, the one with uh, the Lord of War storyline. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And that, it, it, it's, it's not a bad story. It just doesn't seem to make sense following the last three. Like, if you stick it in between, like, it, right before, like, the death of the Avengers story, I mm-hmm. think it would make more sense right there. Yeah, I was thinking right before the Strange episode. That'll work, too. Yeah, like, just, but because they tell an interesting story. Like, what would happen if Tony Stark, you know, never developed a conscience, essentially? Mm-hmm. What if he continued to be this Lord of War? And what if Killmonger was with him the entire time? That's not a bad story because we know what Killmonger wants to do. Yeah. I was kind of hoping we would see a different angle on Killmonger, but I mean, he has one core premise, so I understand why he had to act the way he was. Mm -hmm. I still... I think they could have done a little bit more creatively with this most recent episode. I'm excited to see what next week's is about, or uh, I should say tomorrow's is about. Yeah, I would agree. Like it, there, there's a lot they can do, and, and they had the trailer kind of showing what is coming up. So they got a lot of interesting avenues that looks like they're going to try to pursue. Yeah, I. I really hope they figure out a way to kind of bind all these together in an interesting way. And if not, like I'm having a hell of a ride. Yeah. It's like, and I never know. Now I don't really know what to expect because I was honestly at the end of the season, I was, uh, I was expecting some invincible ass shit, like super gory and graphic. And I don't, think that's gonna happen anymore uh we might get something but i guess it just depends because they haven't been super choreographic i mean they they kind of got to play with that environment a little bit but i don't Mm -hmm. think that's actually what they're intending i think they're just saying like these are the weird things that can happen when something small changes Mm mm-hmm so I don't know if we're ever going to get to the point where it's going to be super gory or super over the top, but I do like that they're making it a little bit darker with, you know. I, I agree. It's a nice change. Uh, how many episodes do we have left? Do you know? I think we have five more because I think that was the halfway point. So I think we have five okay. more. Alright. I was just curious because like i I don't know if they're going to continue building in any way or if we're going to keep getting these random ones and then they kind of merge them all together in the last couple, but we'll see. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm excited for the journey regardless. Yeah. And then they can do basically anything. They've already confirmed we're getting a season two, which isn't a surprise, but no. they're also looping in. I, I think they're setting up all of these different stories just to kind of explain what's going to be happening over the next couple of years in the movies, mm-hmm. which is all about this multiversal catastrophe, essentially, that yeah. impacts everything. So, 
they are doing a lot of heavy lifting for the next uh marvel yeah like, they are they're they're doing a lot series in these series specifically i'm like wow you guys are really laying into this tv series and with the exception of in my opinion falcon and the winter soldier they've all been bangers I'd say I, I liked Falcon and Winter Soldier a little bit more than Loki, but that's my personal opinion. You can speak too. I know. All right. I just, you know, <laughs> Loki is my husband, so that's true. I take offense to that. <laughs> uh, yes. As you can tell, I'm clearly very jealous. Um, <laughs> but. Speaking of like superheroes and the like, we did just get a really big showcase from PlayStation where they dropped something that is near and dear to a lot of our hearts. Should we start with the heroes? I haven't done enough heroes for now. Yeah, go Kotor. Yes. Coming back. (laughs) The remake that all of us knew was gonna happen, but I can't believe it's PlayStation now because it was Xbox exclusive originally and now it's PlayStation exclusive for a window. It's yeah. not yeah, it's not entirely exclusive, but I mean the fact that they're getting congratulations exclusivity on it is kind of crazy. Yeah, I'm so curious because the amount of work that's going to go into remaking that game is like it's immense and i don't understand why they wouldn't you know appeal to all platforms for something like that well it makes you wonder is there something else going on underneath between sony and i guess lucas arts technically i mean it's possible i i don't know and, you know, maybe it plays into what they're doing with their PS Plus. So maybe there is something exclusive coming down the pipeline or something like that. Well, I do know that just recently, the one of Sony's old, mostly exclusive studios that branched off on their own, it was just revealed that they... Um, they are also working on a Star Wars game. And mm-hmm. it is no longer exclusive because they, after Detroit being human, I forgive me, I can't remember the name of the studio off the top of my head. Um, they branched out and they're like, we are no longer going Quantum to be Dream? platforming. Yes, Quantum Dreams. <laughs> Nailed it. Thank you, Fox. Yep, that was all me. Just me knowing things in this databank I, of brain. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm not, sure. Not my much smarter boyfriend, just slightly off screen. <laughs> yes, I I don't know what you're talking about. I heard nothing and see nothing on the side of your screen at all. That um, was clearly just River arguing with the other dogs. That's all that was. <laughs> um so- uh, I'm really excited about this, obviously. Um, I actually just happened to start, like, purchase and start replaying KOTOR 1 and 2 before this was even, like, just before this was announced. Um, so I'm really excited 
to see how they make the first KOTOR more interesting. Because boy, <laughs> it's more boring than I remember. It's slow, but let's be fair. The ending of that game is pretty insane. Yeah, but once you know, it's like... And that's... That's true. There, there has been a lot of talk about that on if they... All right, Clock. I understand. You're loud. You can stop any time now. Thank you. Um, there was talk on if they're going to rework the ending so they can come up with that level of shock and awe again. That would be fun to do it in... To keep it. To do a remake like in the spirit of the first one, but not just the first one. Yeah, I'm hoping it's not just a flat remake. That'd be kind of stupid, honestly. Is this going to be... Is it just the first KOTOR remake? Are they going to do a separate second one? Is it both? I think it's just the first one for now, but I think we still have a couple of maybe even three years of development left. So they're going to want to see how this plays out before they green light the second one. Yeah, they can develop it as long as they want. I want a finished game. I, I completely agree. I would appreciate a more complete experience. And I mean, not that it's particularly viable to me anytime soon, but I'll play it six months to a year after it comes out on PlayStation, but that's fine. Um. But, like, talk about out-of-left-field announcement at their showcase. Mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely didn't expect them to be the ones getting exclusivity, considering Xbox already had it. But, I mean, as we all know, money talks, and video game companies are more than willing to go where the money is. Oh, yeah. And Speaking of intense, huge announcements, let's talk about fucking Wolverine, guys. I cannot wait for that at this point. I can't wait for the pairing of Insomnia and Wolverine. I know, that seems like it's going to be amazing. That is perfect pairing. Yeah. Like, I'm really curious if it's going to be as graphic as we want it to be, because they've really hit their stride with uh, Spider-Man and Spider-Man Miles Morales. And I feel like Wolverine is going to have to be a little bit, quite a bit grittier in order to be successful. Yeah, I would assume that they're going to notch up the violence a little bit. mm -hmm. I would hope so. And we have a lot of, I think they have three different teams under their umbrellas. So there's a lot of talent there and a lot of different directions they can go with those different teams, but I'm still curious on what exactly this is going to be because we didn't get much. We no. got a little taste. And but... they, their history is mostly tied to more, I guess, family-friendly stuff, you know, with Ratchet and Clank and all that. Mm-hmm. And, and But they also have kind of dipped into the... A little bit into the ultraviolence, a little bit, because, I mean, they did do Resistance. Yeah, I was thinking Resistance. They yeah. And they did uh, I, um, they did uh, Sunset Overdrive. 
Yeah, I was going to reference it, but at the same time, like, that was such cartoony violence that I don't know if it counts. I, they, I mean, they're tearing things in half and blowing things up. That's true. Oh, um, I love that game so much. It's one of my all-time still, favorite games. The same here for Xbox. That's one of my favorites still. And yep. So, I don't know. I trust them. If they have the yeah. time to do something, you know, because they're they're going to be working on two different titles that are pretty big at the same time. So, yeah, they they definitely have their work cut out for them. <clears throat> I mean, Spider Man doesn't look like it's going to be quite as hard of a lift as the first one. Because, well, no, because they can kind of rely on what they've already done with exactly, the and then they further refined it in Miles Morales. So yeah. Spider Man Two. Should be pretty good, and I am excited to see some Venom in it. So, I mean, that's obviously going to be a positive direction for the game, because a lot of people were looking for that in the first one. It's just... I don't know. We'll see. I I have high hopes. It's just... It's going to be difficult for them to improve the quality of these games if they keep spitting them out like this, because they're they're nailing it each one they release. So yeah, they've been top notch so far. The last, well, at least their last few. Mm-hmm. And uh, even, honestly, well, even Ratchet and Clank was pretty cool. Uh, Rift apart, yeah, Ratchet and Clank reviewed exceptionally well. I obviously didn't play it, but like I heard very good things i heard it is a true demonstration of what next-gen gaming is for that console so especially taking a platformer and doing that with it doing the Mm next-gen treatment with the platformer just expanded the universe and made it more fun to play in honestly so it uh it's yeah it's awesome i honestly think insomnia studios is probably one of the strongest uh western developers right now they are a hell of a company and sony definitely made the right purchase when they picked them up granted i don't think they would be quite as successful if they weren't partnered with sony because spider-man is just the perfect fucking ip for them like especially after sunset overdrive i was like that's what they need i'm not even mad (laughs) um but other big announcements we had there we had the new trailer for tiny tina's which i i loved that expansion in borderlands was one of the best expansions ever made of all time and the fact we're getting a game that looks like it lays into everything the same way yeah i am fucking all about it yeah, I'm a huge fan of the Borderlands series, but you're you're right about the Tiny Tina, the first Tiny Tina expansion was one of the coolest stories that they kind of played with. And so turning it into a full game is seems smart, honestly. That's that's a good way to spin off the Borderlands title is give Tiny Tina the you know first player treatment yeah. basically yeah the way they do this as a D campaign they can do whatever they want inside of it and they don't have to worry about it fucking with their lore or their world yeah 
it's like everything is everything's fine because it's all made up and it's all pretend for Tiny Tina and she is established as so erratic that we will take lies and truth from her. Exactly. So it's a really good way to tease things and to develop certain things. I am fucking excited, man. It's probably my most anticipated game for a while now. It's definitely up there for me. Top top five for sure on stuff that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. I mean, thank God, not a exclusive, but yeah, well, I, I, don't, would, I would actually riot. I don't, yeah, I don't expect that Gearbox would make that an no. exclusive. That doesn't make sense for them. Especially not after they got their purchase. Yeah. They were purchased, so. Um, I don't know, we'll see. I am highly anticipating that game along with you know a few others for the end of the year but that one is going to be the big one for next year so we'll see we'll see i have faith in the studio even if i have absolutely no faith in the head of the head of the company he, he's a little he's a little off sometimes he is a psychopath what are you talking about <laughs> Oh my god, when he was just walking around the Borderlands movie recording for E3, I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever watched. But uh, you can't say that he's not creative. Look what he's done with the Borderlands series. I don't know how much of that's him, though. I'm assuming at least part I, of it. I I know part of it, but I don't know. We'll see. Rand. Randy Pitchford, you are a psychopath. But you've made a very, very beloved series. It is one of the only series I have seen a wide array of tattoos of. One one of my favorite series, to be honest, like in the last decade. So Yeah. I'm it's definitely up there. I'm excited for the next one, but fucking tiny Tina's man. Come on, I think it's February of next year, if I recall correctly. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a long yeah. wait. That's not that far. It's six months from now. No. But I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, is that on sale yet? Can I get it tomorrow? Oh, right. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Take all my money. But that is all I have on our itinerary for this evening. Is there anything else you guys wanted to bring up? Fox? I'm good. Uh, we lost Smurf a while ago. Yeah. I'd just like to I say... Uh, he was yeah. pixelating like a mother, so... I think he was um, having some internet issues. Yeah, I think so. Um, uh, Tank, anything? Uh, no, not for me. I'm good. All right. Well, on that note, I wish upon all of you a most wonderful week, and we'll be back on our normal day Wednesday next week, and look forward to, you know, shoving our nerd news down your throat, so enjoy that. <laughs> and on that note, I, all, I hope you all have a wonderful evening, and it has been a pleasure. <laughs>